Hey everybody, this is Brent Kellogg, the pastor of Hill Spring Church in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. And this is our podcast. Thanks for taking time to join us today. Our prayer is that this would inspire you, build your faith, and help you take the next step in Christ. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. How is everybody doing today? All right. Good to, good to hear. I have been gone for a month. I know that for some of you, it was sabbatical for you for me to be gone, but baby, I'm back. And so that's what's going to happen. And I'm going to be uh, worse and worse as we go through this. So no, I'm just kidding. I, I, I really, uh, if you guys don't know, my name is Matt. If, you, if you're new, I know every Sunday is someone's first Sunday. Um, and I've been here for quite a long time. I actually started attending this church, um, this sounds weird, but 20 years ago. And so I've been here and I've been on staff for about 11 years. And um, sabbatical was a great time for me. Uh, it was it was a, I don't know how much rest we got, but we did get a lot of things done. And so I got a lot of incredible clarity about ministry, about uh, Cassie and I's life going forward. There's a lot of good things that happened in that. And in fact, because of that, uh, this coming Wednesday, which is first Wednesday, we are going to talk a little bit more about that. Brent and I are going to talk a little bit more about that. Here, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Um, there's some big updates that we need to talk through anyways in our life, and there's some big updates we need to talk about in our ministry. Uh, I've been doing youth, youth ministry for 11 years now, and in some capacities, uh, I think the national average of a youth pastor is two to three months, okay? And so I've been doing this for 11 years. Now, maybe those guys that are doing it two to three months are smarter than me, but anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, I just... We, I want to talk about some things, and I want to talk about that. So if I can, let me ask you, um, let me plead with you. If you are my friend, if you are part of this family, I'd ask you to be here on Wednesday night. On Wednesday, we're going to have food at 5 p.m. It's free. You can come and get that. And then um, we're going to have service here, and it's going to be incredible. I really just want you guys to be here for this. But real fast, off of sabbatical, I have like really just two big observations that I want to tell you right now. And, and here's really the first thing. Um, just from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for being such a welcoming, kind, loving, gracious church. I, I love you guys so much. We, I want to tell you, we, we have something special here. Okay? Sometimes you have to be gone for a little bit. And again, I was only gone for a couple weeks, but sometimes you have to be gone for a little bit to realize what you have. And, and, and we have something very, very special here. I visited a couple other churches here in town, and they're incredible. God's doing an incredible work in their church. But man, there's something about just this place. And, and there's something about you. And there's something about a heart of worship and a heart of care. And, and really, I'd say it like this. We went to Colorado. We went to Texas. We went to California. We went to a bunch of different places. But there ain't no place like home. And, and, and more than anything else, I need you to hear from the bottom of my heart, I love serving here. I love the honor of doing ministry here, and you guys allow me to do that. I, I need you to know from the bottom of my heart, um, I ain't ever leaving, all right? You can fire me, but I'm still walking through the doors. I'm not going. And I, I love this place. I love what God's doing here at this church, and it's because of you being willing to go out and care. I love this community. I, I, don't, I don't know where you're from. I don't know if you're like out of Berry Hill or if you're some other area. Like, I know it's cool to make fun of Sand Springs. I get that. I understand that. I love this community with all of my heart and my wife and I want to give everything we can to this church and to this community for a lot more years. And I know God has a plan and a destiny for this place. I was just at Charles Page uh, on Friday and we were hanging out with some teenagers doing some stuff in a leadership class. And I don't care, like you, we'll, we can fight about this, but I don't care what the news says about the next generation. I don't care what the news says about this like growing Gen Z and all this. I don't care about any of that. What I know is God has his hand on that generation. 
And I'm more excited than ever to see our students grow up in what God's called them to do. I can't wait. I know with all of my heart that we have our next youth pastor in this room right now. I know with all my heart we have our next worship leader. We have our next senior pastor in this room right now. And that's what God's doing in our church. And I'm, I miss you guys with everything inside me. So that's, that's my first real observation. Is everyone good here today? Here's the second one. When I left a month ago, we were in Mark chapter 2, and I just looked at this day. We're in Mark chapter 4. You guys only went two chapters since I've been gone. I don't know if that's on Brent or if that's on you guys, but I don't care. That's bad, all right? This means we're going to be in Mark until probably Easter 2027, all right? And so let's, uh, I told Brent today, like, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to preach Mark 4 through the end of the book real fast. We'll knock it all out. We'll do something else. Everyone good? I'm just kidding, we're not going to do that, we're not going to do that. Um, Mark chapter 4, if you have your Bibles, this is where we are going to go. In Mark chapter 4, it's a very, very familiar passage. If you've spent any time in church life, you know this story, you've heard this parable that Jesus tells. It really, in verse 1, it talks about the idea that Jesus is preaching, he's giving the gospel, he's teaching, and he's preaching in a boat. And this is really the rise of Jesus' ministry. This is when he's really coming into the ministry God's called him to do. There's thousands of people that are surrounding him, and he's just teaching and he's preaching to everyone that will hear him. And, and the Bible tells us that as he's preaching these messages, they're not very popular. Like Jesus could draw a crowd, but it wasn't really about the crowd. It was really about the message that he was giving. See, these people, they came to see Jesus because they wanted to get the miracles of Jesus. They wanted to have these aha, holy moments where, where Jesus would heal a leper or he makes someone walk. They wanted those moments. But if you know Jesus' ministry at all, you know his, his ministry was not about the miracles, it was about the message. And when he started talking about the message, the people would start to leave. And so he's up here and he's preaching and he's teaching and he's telling them all these things, but they want a miracle. And so Jesus turns and he, he, tell, he tells them a story. And in Mark chapter four, we're really gonna, we're gonna go through that here today. What's crazy about Mark four and this story is, this is a story out of antiquity, but it speaks to you and me today. And, and, and here's why. What he's gonna talk about, the story of the parable of the sower, that's really the story of Hillspring Church this morning. That's really the story of any church service that's preached the gospel over the last 2,000 years. This story is you and me. There's four different people in this story, and every single person in this room is one of those four. And so he's gonna speak to us and teach us in this way. So Mark chapter four, verse three, I'm just gonna read it to you guys. Here we go. He says, listen, consider the sower who went out to sow. Verse four, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and they devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil and it grew up quickly. And since the soil wasn't deep, it, it, it fell apart. Verse six, when the sun came up, it was scorched and since it had no root, it withered away. Verse seven, other seed fell along the thorns and the thorns came up and choked it and it didn't produce any fruit. In verse eight, still other seed fell on good ground and it grew up producing fruit that increased 30, 60, and 100 times. Then he said, let anyone who has an ear, let them hear. This is a deeply, deeply agrarian society. They would understand completely the idea of soil and seed and all of these different things. And how many of you guys have heard this parable before in your life? 
You can, yeah, you can be on, yeah. So this is a, a, the parable of the sower. Really, I, I think it's the parable of the soil is what I would probably call it, but it's the parable of the sower. And this is one of the very few parables actually that Jesus explains to them going down in verse 13 through 20. He just says really the, the word of God, the seed, the seed is the word of God. The, the word of God, it goes and it falls on four different types of soil. By the way, the soil is, is you and me. It's the soil of our hearts, the soil of our souls. And he says the first seed that falls, it falls on a path and Satan comes in and he takes it away. Again, there's four types of people. That's one of us here today. He says another part of the, so, uh, the seed, it falls on the rocky ground. And there's some success there, but then, then all of a sudden it, it just kind of withers and, and it dies. And he says the word falls on thorny bushes and it gets choked out. And then the word falls on good soil and it produces a huge amount of fruit. And so this is a, an incredible story, and it speaks to each and every one of us today because, again, this is our story. But what does it really mean for us? What do we need to, what do we need to get out of this story? And I just need everyone to know I'm going to make a huge mess up here all day today. So the overall message of this story is that good soil is produced by our hearts, not by our hands. That good soil which is our heart, which is our soul, which is who we are inside of ourselves. It's produced by what's in us, not by what we do. Some of you guys, you believe and you hope and you dream that God loves you because maybe you're a good person or maybe you do the right things, but that's not the case at all because the Bible tells us that all of us are wicked, all of us have no righteousness inside of us, that it's by Jesus' blood that we can be made pure and holy, that you can do all the right things in the world and still not make it that it's our hearts that matter. And so I guess really my question to you today more than anything else is how's your heart? Like how is the, the soil of your soul? How, how is it? Like and, and sometimes we can come to church service and we can get hyped up by songs and we can listen to these preachers who just yell like I am all the time and, and get really excited about things. But here's the true question. What is your heart? How is your heart doing? How is the soil inside of your Soul, because that's the thing that we like to ignore a lot. We like to not think about that. We can come and serve on Wednesday night. We can come serve on Sunday morning. We can go and do all the things in the parking lot. We can serve with the students. We can serve in kids' ministry. But I hope you understand that it's not the things that you do. It's what God's done for, for you. And so this is the story of the Israelites, right? The Israelites were God's chosen people and God set up a system of laws and he set up a system of sacrifices and all of these different things. And so the people of God, they thought, well, if I just keep, if I just keep doing these sacrifices, if I just keep doing these laws, then, then God's gonna love me. And, and then they just turned into this, this kind of thing that was rote and monotonous and they didn't, it was just a thing that they did. It was like they were coming to church on Sunday morning just to check the list off. And God tells them in Psalms chapter 51, he says, you do not delight in sacrifice or I'd bring it to you. God doesn't take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. God will not despise. Again, God wants your heart. He doesn't care about your hands. He wants your heart. So again, how's your heart? Is it receptive to hearing the word of God? Is it when you come to church on Sunday, it's just kind of in the ear and then out and, and, and you're good? All of us in this room were a part of this story. And so there are four different types of soil in this story, each representing one of us. And so we're just gonna do a heart test today. And we're gonna check on who we are. Is everyone good today? You guys ready to go? All right, number one. Uh, I don't know how to call these, what to call them, but we're gonna call it a pathway heart. 
Mark chapter 4 says, As he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Again, the seed, what this represents, is, is really the word of God. What's going out? Now, these are sunflower seeds. And by the way, I learned this, too. I went to Riddles yesterday to get some plants. I learned that if you're a plant person, like you do gardening and you do like, like you are really hardcore about your plants, all right? Like this is like your football team. Like you are obsessed with plants. I went to Riddle and they wouldn't even sell me hardly any of these because they knew I was gonna, uh, what I was going to do with them. And so like if, if this is you today and you're offended, I, like that's cool. I'm sorry for what's going to happen here. But there's these sunflower seeds and, and and, and they're not going to produce sunflowers because I don't know anything about planting. But in, in this story, the Bible tells us that a sower, he goes out and he starts sowing these seeds. And then the first group of soil, it falls on a pathway. Really, a pathway is what they were walking on. It was just, it was just kind of dirt that was pushed down and grounded down and, and kind of beat down. And so the seeds, they would, they would fall on the top of it, but they didn't really go anywhere. They would just sit on top. And then it, the Bible tells us that a bird would come in and devour it. Really, it's the idea that the devil himself comes in and he snatches it away from our hearts. I'll tell you a story. Yesterday was a kind of a, a sad day in the Barnett household. We, we've, for a, for, since 2015, we have had a pet pig named Moo, okay? And Moo has been uh, in our life. I, I was, this was when we got Moo. She would fit. She was very, very small. You guys have seen her. Multiple times we bring her to the church all the time. We, we, we got Moo in 2015. She's, she's many years older now. I was told when I got her that she would live for five years. Didn't know that it was 25 years. Didn't really connect that dot. Um, I heard that she was going to stay that small the whole time. Uh, and she didn't. If you can, Audrey, let's go to the next picture. This is her just a couple months ago. She's about 270 pounds now. All right. And everyone always asks me, by the way, everyone always asks me, like, did you think that Moo was gonna get that big. And my, my answer is, I didn't think I was gonna get this big either, all right? And so I feel, I feel her pain. I understand what she's going through in life. And so it, it, it makes sense for me, but you guys fat shame her and that's all right. But we actually, we loaded her up, which was an endeavor to itself. We loaded her up and we took her over to the Bell's Country Farms. That's uh, Stephanie and Brian Bell. And they had promised me they're not gonna eat her and she won't be good to eat at all anyways. But one of the things though is when we, we took her over there, she has her own space. It's gonna be really good for her. But when she was at my house, we had a bedroom for her, okay? And, and she had a little space and she got to do whatever she wanted to do. And, and this is what's crazy about my wife and I. My wife has really, really good hearing. Like she has incredible hearing. Like sometimes... Like, sometimes we might fight. I don't know if you guys fight in your marriages, but we fight hourly. And so, sometimes, so, we, so we were, we kind of get in a fight, and, and, and me being the good godly man that I am, I, I walked away from this fight. And sometimes when I walk away, just to um, maybe try to get the last word, I'll say something under my breath. Somehow, Cassie hears that. And she knows what I'm saying. And then, and then we end up going a little bit, we go, end up going a little bit more. She has incredible hearing, except for when Moo needs to be fed. Except for at 2, 3, 4 a.m. when Moo starts oinking because she wants some water. For some reason in that time period, Cassie's basically dead, all right? That's like she, she, has, she can't hear anything. That's, that's, how, that's how she is in, in this story that Jesus is telling, he says that there are people who will hear the word of God. Today, you're gonna hear the word of God, but you're not gonna listen to it. That you'll hear it, it'll come towards you, but it won't matter to you at all. This pathway, it's hard-pressed. 
Really meaning that in your life, the things of the world have gotten to you. The things of the world have, have beaten you down. Most of us in this room, unless you're like a, like a militant atheist, you probably don't think that your, your soul, your heart represents this one. But I'm going to be honest, for about 70% of us probably, this is who we are. Because it's not that we, we don't believe in God, it's that we get distracted by other things. And so the word of God just kind of lands on the top and, and, and we just kind of leave it there and it gets snatched away. We get distracted by, by other things in our life. This is the heart of someone who does get distracted. I love this quote by Corey Tinboom. She says, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Why? Because busyness helps me from looking into my heart. Busyness helps me from thinking about the things that God's called me to do. Busyness helps me to think about other things than what God has for me. I don't have to think why, about why I'm so angry. I don't have to think why my marriage isn't where it should be. I don't have to think about those things because I can just keep busy and keep busy and keep busy. We saw this hugely after we lost our little girl because one of the things that when we went to, on our sabbatical, we talked to our counselors about was our way of processing grief was just doing more events. Our way of processing grief was just going and doing more and more and more things so we didn't have to think about where we were. And if we stay busy, we don't think about our hearts. We don't think about the things in our life. We get distracted by all the stuff of the world. And when God's word falls on our hearts, the devil can come in and snatch it away. This is, can I, can I just talk to you? This is my plea to Hillspring Church today. It's, it's really like what Jesus said to the church of Sardis in Revelation chapter three. He says, hey, Sardis, like you, you're a little bit alive, but I'm telling you to wake up. Like wake up, don't keep letting the things of God pass you by. Don't keep coming to church on Sunday morning and just hoping for something that day and forgetting about it on Monday. Your Christianity, your heart for Jesus is not a Sunday morning at 9.45 a.m. event. It's a Monday morning, a Tuesday morning, a Wednesday. It's a week-long thing of your life. It's your lifestyle. And he says, wake up, because some of us were distracted. Some of us were so busy that we don't think about what God's doing in our hearts. Is this too much for you guys at 9.45 in the morning? I'm fine with that, I don't care. I know it's early, I know it's gonna rain, I'm sorry. He says, Revelation three, wake up. He says, remember how you said you'd follow God and you really didn't go through with that. Remember I said, hey, I, I know I'm supposed to get into that small group but uh, right now I can't. I, like all the excuses that we make. The stakes in this life are way too high for us to keep living off excuses and living with busyness. I, I get so frustrated with this idea. I see it everywhere, and if you say this, I'm sorry if I, if I hurt your feelings, but I get so frustrated with this idea that, well, these, these kids that are growing up, they, they don't know church. They don't understand what church is gonna look like. What, what are we gonna leave to this next generation without the idea that, hey, dad's in the room? Are you even praying with your kids? Are you really discipling your kids, or are you leaving it up to your youth pastor to do that? Because that's not the youth pastor's job. It's your job. It's who you're supposed to be. It's what God's called you to do in your life. And I'm not trying to blame or shame anyone. I'm just telling you the biblical call of God on your life is you are the leader of your family. The next generation is gonna fall apart because they don't know what they're doing. Show them. Show them. Quit making us and the youth workers and your teachers at your public school have to show them the things of God. You, you lead them. Too much? Love you. Okay, let's keep going. 
Number two, here we go, rock, rocky hearts. Some of us, we, we, we go from this, hardened soil, it, that's, that's what it is. Then we move into a part of, of really these rocky hearts. Mark 4, it says, other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil and it grew up quickly since the soil wasn't very deep. This is the heart of the person who hears the word of God, gets excited, they get all in for Jesus, they pray the prayer, they get into the water, they get baptized, they do the things of God, but really there's no spiritual root and they just kind of fall apart. This is, this, is, this is us. Like There's a little bit of growth. Things happen. Things are getting good. And then our, our ground's kind of rock, so we just kind of fall. Like when the storms hit, when the sun comes out, when things get rough, it just kind of falls and doesn't really do much. It just falls apart. This is the rocky, the rocky ground. This is some of you in this room that that when temptation comes to your life, you think that you've been rooted, you think that you, you have all of God, you think you have it all together, and then, then when temptation comes, it falls apart. This is when trials come into your life, right? This is when trials come and they start to break you down, when, the, when things go bad in your life and, and then you turn your ammunition towards God and you start yelling at God, why God would you let this happen? This is, this is that person who you didn't really ever grow deep soil, you just kinda grew into some hardened rocks and it just kinda, it doesn't go anywhere. The person who, who understands that when, when the sun gets hot, I gotta keep going, I gotta get, I gotta get away. The, Jesus tells a story in the book of Matthew about two men who, who there's a foundation that they build their house on, right? We know this story. Some build it on concrete, another guy builds it on sand. You know the interesting part of the story? A storm comes through, the house on the rock, it stays. The house on sand, it falls apart. The interesting part of the story is this. The storm comes for both people. Can I, give you some, can I give you some news from God on high today? The storm's coming in your life. I'm not talking about like what Trav's gonna talk about tonight. I'm not, I don't care about that. I'm talking about the storm's coming. And if you haven't had it, it's on its way. That's good news, I'm sorry. But it's on its way. And so some of us were built on this kind of just rocky foundation and that when it hits, it just kind of falls apart. I hope that's not you at all. You won't expect it, but how you respond to it will show really the soil of your soul. How you respond to the trials will show those things in your life. When death hits, when you lose your job, when things go bad in your life, do you, you get angry at the Lord? Why, why would you do this? Or, or do you realize that he's a sovereign God, that nothing's left his hand? The most beautiful part of sovereignty to me about who God is is the fact that there is nothing beyond his grasp. And that if you love Jesus, what does his word say? That all things work together for the good of those. So even the bad things will be for your good. That's a powerful foundation, but some of us, we just, it hits and we just kind of, we fall apart. We don't have anything. Charles can be a good place to show how shallow our hearts are or a good place to show how much of God's presence is in our hearts, amen? Two more, you guys still good? Number three, we have thorny, thorny hearts. Mark four, verse seven says, other seed fell among thorns and the thorns came up and choked it and it didn't produce any fruit. The seed falls along good soil, soil that was nutritious, it, things helped it to grow, it was fertile, it grew, that it, it, it turned into some good things. This is this soil right here. It, it was good, and then, then it kind of grew up around other things, though, too. Like, it heard God's word. It wanted to grow. It wanted to do the things of God, 
But then the world and worldly pleasures and worldly things grew up around it and it started to choke it out and it started to hurt it. It's the little sins in our life that, that we just kind of think are just casual, right? It, it's the little parts of our life that we're just like, well, I did that, but that, that's okay. It's the little things that we do at work, like maybe when we, when we steal some hours or, or when we steal from the company. It's a little thing uh, when, when we're talking to somebody we shouldn't be talking to, when we're flirting with people that we shouldn't be flirting with. It, it's those sins that we, we grew. This is the person who can tell you all the books of the Bible in order. This is the person who can sing every worship song. This is the person who knows the things of God, but they care about the pleasures of the world more. And the thorns just start kind of taking it apart and choking the life out of it and hurting it and tearing it down. Doesn't feel right. This is that, that link I shouldn't be looking at on my phone. This is relationship I shouldn't be in. This is the way I use my money. This is all the, the pride that I deal with, this is all the, the fear that I deal with and it chokes it out and it, and it kills it. For some of us, that's our heart. That there was a time in your life where you love Jesus a lot more than you do right now. This is, for some of us, what our soul is and where we are. It's really the story of the lost sheep in, in Luke chapter 15, right? The story, there's a, there's a, there's a guy and he has 100 sheep. You know the story. And, and one runs away. That, that's the idea of you and me, that there's gonna come a day where we get up, we look in the mirror and we think, how did we get here? How did this, how did this happen? And our lives are choked out by the things of the world, work, money, everything else. What are those things in your life that are choking out the vibrance of Jesus in your heart? Like, do you lack passion anymore for what God's doing in your heart? This might be you. This might be you. You remember when you went to, maybe it was a church conference, or you went to a, a first Wednesday, or maybe it was a Wednesday night youth event, whatever it was, you went to this thing, and man, God moved in your heart, and you were so excited for the Lord, and then you got back into the normal rhythm of life, and you started getting choked out. He says, come back. Come back to me. It says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Today, some of you are here just to hear that today. Draw near to God and he's gonna draw near to you. How's your soul? How's your heart? And here's the last one. It's really it's the, we, the good heart. Still other seed fell on good ground and it grew up producing fruit that increased 30, 60, and, and 100 times. So again, the pathway heart, the beaten down heart, the, 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 the lack of roots kind of heart, the, 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 the thorny and, and, and choked out heart. And then there's the, the last one, which is the good heart that produces good fruit. This isn't fruit, but it's the best I got, okay? The, the, the heart that understands and hears the word of God and actually goes and, do, and, goes and does it. And when, when the Bible talks about hearing things, when the Bible talks about listening to things, in the Hebrew, really what it says, it's not just the idea that we hear it, it's the idea that we hear it and we obey it. This person who hears the word of God and then goes and does the word of God. Not that hears the word of God and thinks, well, maybe when I turn 18, when I get out of high school, then I'll do that. It's not the heart that says, well, when I get that promotion, then I'll start giving to God at that point. Or, or when, I, when I get into the right space and the right scenarios, then I'll do what God's called me to do. No, that's not faith at all. That's rocky ground. 
he says, some fell onto good soil and it grew up. The soil of our soul. This person who understands the incredible adventure that God's put us on. The person who understands that in this room, an empty seat's a really big deal. Because people need to know him. That we understand that the best possible life for anybody is that they would know who Jesus is. And studying this story, one thing really, really stuck out to me more than anything else. Um, all of them, the soil's basically the same. They all had soil. The seed's the same, the word of God. It's what's added into it that changed it. Right? It's when you put the rocks in, then it didn't grow any roots. When you let the weeds grow up around it and the thorns grow up around it, then it choked it out. The soil's the same. Our hearts are the same. It's what we're adding into our hearts. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 says it like this. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Whatever's going on inside of you will come out of you. Above all else. Greek for all is all, by the way. The Hebrew for all is all. Above everything else, above me getting more money in the bank, above me going on that vacation, above me graduating from high school, above me going and doing those things that I wanna do, those big dreams in my life, above everything else, guard your heart because everything else flows out of it. How is your heart? He's saying, look at the root problem of your problems. Maybe the issue with you isn't the fact that, that you look at these people that maybe they're not working and we sit there and think, well, they're lazy. Maybe that's not the issue. Maybe the issue is that they're afraid of failure. Maybe the issue isn't that you're a people pleaser. Maybe the issue is that you have a lot of pride in your life and you need people to honor and esteem you. Look at the root of your heart. Where are those things coming from? Where are those things coming out of? He says, guard your heart from all these worldly things that are gonna choke the life out of you. He says, guard your heart because guess what? Your heart is always under attack. There's always someone coming after it. Guard your heart because sometimes your heart and your head don't align very well. Guard your heart and what God's called you to do in your life. And he says that there'll be a plant, a, a fruit that will grow up out of it 10, 50, 60, 100 times over. your heart. I know Mayor, Mayor Burgess is in this room and about a year and a half ago, he sent me think, something that I think is really, I don't even know if he meant to, but it was a prophetic word I feel like in my own heart. And he said, God's going to make this right. Whatever's going on in your life, if you're planted in the good soil, God's going to make it right. That person's hurt you, he's going to make it right. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. That thing that went bad in your life, God's gonna make it right. Why? Because that's who he is. He's a good father that cares for you more than you could care for your own kids. He loves you more than you could even understand. He has a plan and a future and a destiny for your life. Are you building on good soil? How is your heart? And the last verse here. Verse nine says, let anyone who has ears to hear Listen, you have the ears to hear today. You have the ears to hear today. Everyone's head bowed and everyone's eyes closed. 
just you and me for a second. In this room, I know we have four different types of people. I hope you, I hope you understood that. All of us in this room, the person who's been saved for 25 years, the person who's been saved for two months, the person who doesn't even know what saved means. We're all one of these. Which one are you? I want you to really test your heart. Check your heart. For those of us who don't know who Jesus is, maybe that's you today. You, you came to church, someone drug you to church, or you just wanted to be here today just for, for some reason, and, and you came in, and you want to know who Jesus is. The Bible tells us it's a very, really kind of a, a simple, easy process on our end. But we have a, a God in heaven who loves us. And he loves us enough to not leave us where we are. The Bible tells us he sent his son Jesus to the earth. And when Jesus came to the earth, he lived a perfect sinless life for all of us. Sin's really that, that thing that we, that we have inside of us, the mistakes we made, the, the things that we do, the things that we push against God from. We, it's really us telling God, my way's better than yours. The Bible tells us that he went to a cross and he died for us. And unlike every other world religion around us, that you have to work for your salvation, he just says, just come to me. Confess that I'm the Lord of your life, that, that I can't do it anymore, God, you have to do it. And believe in your heart that he died and he rose again. There's no really special prayer. There's no incantation that we, we recite. But the simplest way for us to do it is that we, we do. We, we pray a prayer together here. And this prayer, if you want to know Jesus, here, here's, how, how, here's the prayer that we pray. God, we pray today that you would save us. You'd forgive us. Change our hearts. We believe you died on the cross. We believe you rose from the dead. We ask that you'd be the Lord and the master of our life. And God, even if I don't understand what those words mean, God, I'm trusting that you are who you say you are. God, use me in this life. It's in your name I pray. Amen. And just with everyone's head bowed and eyes closed, for the rest of us in this room, one of these four soils is us. And it's not popular and it's not cool to do this and, and we're so inundated with, with noise and music and all these different things. I, I, I want you to honestly just take a second. Don't mess with the person next to you. Just It's you because your spouse isn't gonna answer for you. You're gonna answer for yourself in front of God. You today, how's your heart? Why don't you just take a moment and just examine yourself? Spirit, we ask that you'd fill us up here today. God, we believe with our hearts that you can work, that you can move. And God, we pray with everything inside of us that, God, you would just fill up the heart. Let us see the good soil. 
Let us connect to the things of God. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would just guide us in everything that we do. God, we love you. God, we thank you for who you are. It's in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's a couple of things I want to invite you to do. First, hit the subscribe button. That way, you won't miss a single episode. Secondly, if this message has impacted you and you would like to help us reach others, visit our website at hillspring.tv and hit the Give Now button so that we can take this message around the globe. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.